0: Episode 84 going out to Webster Slaughter. Ted, I know that's one of your favorite football players of all time. Oh, I don't know how it can't be. How many Websters do you know? Besides uh, the on TV? Yeah,
1: well, there's Don Webster. There's Don uh, Webster. Yeah, Don Webster. Name is uh, Clevelander. The guy that wrote the dictionary. Uh yeah, him.
0: I Mike Webster. Mike he Webster. played for the Steelers, Steelers. Right. Yep. Yep. That's uh I think that's it on the Websters. Websters. Well, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland. Ted, big day for us. It's the day before St. Patrick's Day, or for many people, St. Practice Day. You <laughs> practice to make yourself a good drinker, I guess.
2: <laughs> I, don't think we need
0: practice. I know we talked to we talked to Jen today later in our show um, from Destination Cleveland <laughs> uh, to talk about all the different events coming up. But how crazy is it going to be downtown tomorrow? I mean, let's be honest. People it's, have not had a parade in over two years, and I got a sense of what things are like now because I went down to the Mac championship game last, uh, last Saturday. And I'm not going to lie. It was really busy. So yeah. I imagine that's how it's going to be on Thursday. Which yeah. I, uh, you know where our
1: office is and I'm not sure that I'm going to get near this building Thursday. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know where the parade route is. You could be, <laughs> I I could be toast here. This, this could you be, could like be the, toast a uh, Cavs championship oh, there uh, back gosh. in 2016. We had people. Thank goodness we didn't have any delivers that day. We had purple people parking illegally in front of our garage. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Great
1: yeah. You stuff. Guys,
0: Well, I imagine Danny's Deli who I know is basically across the street from you guys. They'll be busy. Let's be uh, honest. I would, think, be, I would think there'll be a lot of corned beef served that day. A busy day. Yeah. Yeah. A very busy day. Yeah. Well, I wanted to give you an update. I know we support a lot of different groups and all that. And I know one that certainly for you and I certainly means a lot because we, we certainly, um, donated to this group as well. The uh, certainly the uh, second annual, the first annual Danny M- Rapepe Memorial Concert. That uh, certainly Ed Rappepi, who's the tour manager for uh, Night Ranger, was on our show, and then we had the opportunity to talk to Night Ranger as well. Well, they announced the, the recipients of the SRT K9 Unit Police K9 Grants, which is basically the vests that they have for the different dogs. And those vests are going to the following police departments, which I just think is outstanding. Brunswick, Cleveland, Euclid, Metro Health and also Parma Heights. And the goal was to purchase four canine units with the success of the first concert and through all of the money that they raised, they were able to purchase not four, but five police dogs for the greater. Cleveland. Oh Isn't that oh, outstanding? That's, I mean, that's great just go above and beyond what you think you're going to do. And obviously those, those dogs certainly help people in many different way and certainly the police departments and all that. And uh, there's also an announcement. They're going to have the second annual Danny Memorial concert that will be uh, coming up in late fall for 2022 hmm. details will be coming out soon, but uh, looking forward to being part of that as well. But what a great organization and, and hats off to the Ripepe family as well as everyone involved uh, for that uh, great donation to those. Yeah. Very, yeah. very cool. That's awesome. doesn't get any better than that.
1: That's for sure. No, that's great stuff. Always good to support the men in blue. They need it. Perhaps now more than ever. <clears throat> yeah, no kidding. Well, coming up on this week's show, as we move right along, Ken is back out and about. We're going to hear about his, his travels, his activities. We're going to find out where he has been he also has a St. Patrick's Day themed, you can really buy this. We're ready for that. We have good news about a 188-year-old bell. A bell that's 188 years old. In our Cleveland history segment, we're going to talk about one of Cleveland's iconic downtown department stores. Paul Brannigan is also here. He has written a biography of Eddie Van Halen, arguably one of the greatest, uh, perhaps the greatest guitarist of all time. Here in the home of rock and roll, why not talk about that? And in Klops Clips, Ken, you won't believe what a guy did with a double-A battery.
0: Ted, I think all the segments that I do are your favorite segments, but I think one that really is close to your heart is certainly... You can really buy this and today it's certainly the most recent it's a big day it's the day before saint patrick's day and i want to make sure that everyone is ready Mm -hmm. now the big thing with this holiday is you have to have the right garb is that not important absolutely you need to have the proper hat the certainly the proper pants shoes socks but i think most importantly in this is a shirt not just because i mean obviously people don't want to see me with a shirt off i look like chewbacca (laughs) but the other thing is that you want to have something that people remember yeah so i have come up with a few different t-shirt themes that you can go out and buy right now and I, i think this will certainly uh lighten the mood for everybody, and I think they'll certainly remember um, your T-shirt. Okay. We'll start with the first one. I think this could certainly fall at any point in time, but this shirt says, I wonder if beer thinks about me too. I thought that was very fitting. Ah. Ah. (laughs) Uh, Another shirt that goes along with this is basically at the top it says, Do I want beer? And the answers are A, B, and C, A being yes, B being A, and C being B. (laughs) Yes. Do I want beer? Okay. Um, Let's get ready to stumble with two uh, (laughs) beers hitting each other. I thought you would like that. Uh, Um, let's Let's get ready to stumble! You can always go the Donald Trump route, which obviously many different people do and you see a lot of memes. This one says Make St St. Patrick's Day Great Again with a picture hmm. of Donald Trump on it. Do you think Donald Trump thinks St. Patrick's Day is a fake holiday? You know, that's a possibility. <laughs> it's a possibility. I'm not sure. Okay. Oh. Uh, another shirt. I'm into fitness mm-hmm. and has a picture of a beer bottle and yeah. underneath it says Fitness beer in my belly. Okay. So thought that was good another shirt that's <laughs> another shirt that says may contain alcohol um There's another one that says,
3: about
0: that. no <laughs> go luck yourself i thought that was good <laughs> may the luck of the irish be with you yeah and also here's to patty
4: you.
0: today's a good day to get drunk that's mm-hmm. always good yep let's get shammered okay Mugs, not drugs. Yeah. I love shenanigans. Yeah. Irish as feck. I thought that was good. Oh, well. I like beer and maybe three people. That's... <laughs> That's a- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Honesty is goes- the best policy. These, these just go on and on. And okay. one of my favorites... <laughs> i like fake names i don't think many people do yeah drunky mcdrunkerson okay that's the shirt okay i think i'm getting that one i'll be purchasing that drunky mcdrunkerson which one will you be uh asking a to wear um you know that's a good question um I think, let's get ready to stumble. Let's get ready to stumble, okay. I think that's the route. Will she have to walk around and uh, yell that uh, while wearing the shirt? Possibly, Okay. you know, to kind of make it fun. The other one is, this is my drinking shirt. I I think that's great. You know, everybody puts a uniform on at times, but I have my drinking uniform with my shirt that says, this is my drinking shirt. So plenty of shirts to buy. You can go on all the different sites to find them, but why doesn't everyone find the shirt for them and get that out there? I, I will certainly see if I could get some pictures tomorrow, and uh, see if I can get some pictures of these great shirts of, of people jumping around. And if you have pictures to send us, put it on our social media. We'll uh, tag our uh, certainly tag our our podcast, and uh, we'll certainly see if we can get some of the best ones up. But uh, let's all be safe on St. Patrick's Day, of course. That's a big thing. But uh, let's uh, let's all have fun and, and get your shirt. And it's not going to cost you very much. And Ted, you can do this.
1: It is time for another Cleveland calendar. We let Jen Brazdovich off for uh, a show because she was uh, recovering from her uh, participation in the NBA All-Star Slam Dunk Competition. I didn't. I didn't see your name there, Jen. Uh, were you of the? Uh, you were in the preliminaries. Is that what happened?
3: Yeah, I didn't make the cut. I did the the preliminary I rounds, see. but I mean, okay. from the from the feedback I've seen, maybe they could have used me. Okay. <laughs> there you Go. All right.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, let's uh, move along here. Uh, let's. What's coming up? Well, I know something coming up tomorrow is uh, Saint Patrick's Day.
3: You guys, and, just uh, a little oh, a little something stuff. coming up. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So,
1: So if I wanted to have fun in Cleveland on St. Patrick's Day or, uh, you know, I'm sure there are some subsequent uh, celebrations because, uh, you know, you can't just fit that all into one day. So what do we got?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, if there's anything Cleveland does right, it's a a big holiday, right? So uh, tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day. It's going to be a big one because the St. Patrick's Day parade is returning to downtown Cleveland. Yay! First time since 2019. Awesome. So, I mean, it's going to be insane down there. Beautiful weather, uh, first parade in years. Um, It all kicks off at 1:04 p.m. at the intersection of Superior East 18th Street in downtown Cleveland. Um, It'll go through downtown. Huh? (laughs) It's going to be great. Great, Uh, yeah.
1: That's right near our office. I won't be able to get anywhere close to this building.
3: Okay. You'll have a a great view from from up there. That's what I'll... (laughs) Yeah, so... So that's happening one o'clock. It'll go until about three o'clock. And then, um, you know, Clevelanders, we're pretty good at drinking. We're pretty good at um, having (laughs) some fun. So even if you're not checking out the parade, there's a ton of stuff to do in and around Cleveland. Um, House of Blues is gonna have their St. Patty's Day party. That starts at 10 a.m. So if you're looking to get downtown, but maybe don't wanna check out the parade, or maybe um, you you head to the St. Patty's Day party and have a little too much fun at 10 a.m. That'll be happening all day with live music, free admission. Um, of course, we've got a ton of great Irish pubs here in Cleveland. So um, Flannery's on East 4th Street will have specials, Flatiron over the Flats, the Harp on the West Side. Um, check out Stone Mad Pub in Gordon Square and Parnell's in uh, Cleveland, House, Cleveland Heights and Playhouse Square. Plenty of options for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, if you're if you're wanting to get in the Irish spirit, but maybe looking for uh, a little variety, Hoffbrow House of all places will be hosting a St. Patrick's Day Party. Uh, German German beer hall hosting a St. Patrick's Day party, but it should be a good time. Um, and Great Lakes Brewing is going to be hosting an all day event on Thursday as well. Um, so that covers us for Thursday. Now mm-hmm. you're going to go out on Thursday. You need Friday to recover. That's fine. Saturday, you got to get back out there, guys. Big thing happening Saturday. Jameson, Cleveland, St. Patrick's Day run. A 5K <laughs> run sponsored by Jameson. Wait, what could go
1: wrong? Hold it. Hang on a minute here. Wait a minute. So people are going to go out and drink their faces off on Thursday and then they're going to go running, uh, 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 in a, uh, somewhat recovered condition. Is that the idea here? Yes. Yes. Uh,
3: yes, exactly. Saturday. Great way to see the city though. 5k It starts in the warehouse district. It's going to take you over the Detroit superior bridge and it finishes, um, in Ohio city. So you go down to Ohio city, turn around, come back to the warehouse district. Finishers will get a t-shirt, a medal, a hat, most importantly, at the finish line, you get a shot of Jameson. So, you know, (laughs) hair of the dog and all of that. There's Um, at least one
1: person I know who will be in this race. (laughs) A great opportunity
3: to just like hang out, support some of those local bars and restaurants in the warehouse district um, in downtown Cleveland. We should still have some pretty good weather on Saturday, maybe a few rain showers, but um, it it should be pretty fun. Uh So, so those are our St. Patrick's Day events. Now, maybe you're like, I'm not Irish. I don't want to pretend to be Irish. Uh, I'm sick of drinking. I need something else to do. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but maybe you're saying that. Wow. Uh, the, the return this weekend at the IX Center of the Cleveland Boat Show. Ooh.
0: Yay! Oh, cool. Um, nice.
3: You know, we're in the 60s this week, so everyone's already looking forward to that great summer weather. And one of the coolest assets that we have here in Cleveland is our great natural assets. So we've got the Cuyahoga River and Lake Erie. Um, and of course we know people want to get out on the water as soon as the weather gets nice Um, so you can get a jump start on your summer fun at the IAC Center this weekend the boat show will be there Thursday through Sunday even if you're not in the market for a new boat um, I'm certainly not but it sounds kind of cool to go because you're going to get to um, attend educational seminars there's going to be live music there's going to be food interactive exhibits you can check out some of the boats that you probably can't afford but um, are kind of fun to get on and take a look at Mm -hmm. if if you're there. Um, And the can't miss superstar of the show, guys. Twiggy the water skiing squirrel will be returning this year. Yes,
0: that's outstanding, yes.
3: I know, know. it's a big year, guys. Return of the St. Patrick's Day Parade, return of Twiggy. I mean, what more could we ask for in 2022? 100%. Um, And then, you know, if you're looking for maybe some date night ideas, I've got you guys covered there too. Pretty Woman is at Playhouse Mm -hmm. Square um that's there through sunday march 27th tickets still available for all of those showings it's based on the movie you know we all know and love that movie it's one of my favorite movies at least um and it's part of the key bank broadway series and it features music by brian adams so it's pretty cool it's um a really cool show i've heard really great reviews of it i'm gonna go check it out on sunday so um i'll report back um and then a really cool thing happening at the renaissance hotel the alice immersive cocktail experience Um, Mm. This is a really cool thing. If you're looking for like a unique date night idea, Um, it's an immersive cocktail experience. It's 90 minutes long. It's Alice in Wonderland themed. So attendees will create two Wonderland themed cocktails. You get to solve riddles, um, eat some snacks, paint the roses red. I've been assured that no flamingos are hurt in the making of this experience. So (laughs) you don't have to worry about that part of it. Um, So you can make it a date night or there are family friendly sessions that you can attend with the kids too. If you've got kids who are Alice in Wonderland fans. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing. It's a pop-up experience happening at the Renaissance. Um, and then also this weekend, the Cavs have home games Friday, Saturday, and Monday. You guys, they're hot. They, you know, I don't know. We're, we're up and down now in the, the post all-star break, but um, I think they're going to pull it out this year. I think we're going to see a postseason from the Cavs. So great chance to get out there, um, get some tickets, head downtown, check out the Cavs, um, hit up some of our bars and restaurants down there and um, and cheer on the home team while we wait for the return of baseball. <laughs> just about a month away now. So Lots and cool stuff a lot of it's a lot. That yeah. is a lot of
0: stuff going on. And it's so nice to talk about all, the, all those things. I had the opportunity and obviously Ted and I have another segment. It's called Ken in around town out and about. And one of the things that I was going to talk about in that segment as well, I went to rock and mortgage field house this past weekend and went to the uh, Mac championship with Akron mm-hmm. and Ken. And it was it was loaded up. There was a lot of people there and the restaurants and bars were really hopping and all that. Obviously with your position and obviously with Destination Cleveland, all that stuff, it makes it easier to talk about those things when people are out and about, correct? I mean, let's be honest. Exactly.
3: Yeah, I mean, that's what we like to see. We know once the weather warms up, like that's when we really start to things ramp up downtown. Um, Once baseball's back, I mean, it's going to be a madhouse downtown, but it's awesome to see um, the energy down there for All-Star Weekend, the energy down there last weekend for the MAC Championship. I think this weekend, as we're heading into St. Patrick's Day and post St. Patrick's Day, it's just electric downtown, Um, and it's so great to see these businesses um, getting the business back and getting customers in there. And um, we're excited for for what the spring and summer travel months are going to hold here in Cleveland.
1: Now, Jen, I I don't mean to uh, correct you here, but I believe you left off one item from the St. Patrick's Day uh, group of things going on. I'm just going to share this with you. I Downtown at a at a location yet to be disclosed. I'm going to be serving my special St. Patrick's Day Irish bean soup. This is a big oh. deal.
3: Tell me more. Add yeah, this tell me more. to your.
1: There's a very special. Um, I'll put uh, it on our events
3: calendar. Yeah, let it's me know. a very
1: special recipe that I don't normally disclose, but I'll share it with you here. You have to take 239 Irish beans for this particular soup. Do you know why? Tell me why. Well, because if you had one more to be too potty.
0: Yeah, this is what I get all the time. This is this is oh. why this is this is why I'm glad you're on with us. So my last geez, Louise, my last question for you. Obviously, we talked about the events for St. Patrick's Day, a couple of things coming up, obviously, with uh, certainly the Guardians coming up here pretty soon. Any other events to look out for in the next couple of months besides these?
3: Yes, absolutely. Just announced yesterday the return of the Juneteenth Freedom Festival. We had the first one last year um, on Mall C. This is going to be happening on June 18th this year. So um, Juneteenth, we know, celebration of um, the end of slavery in America. So it's going to be a really big festival. It was huge last year, so we're excited to see it come back this year. And as we go over the next few months, we'll see um, some of the, the music acts and some of the entertainment that's going to be announced there. Um, so that's coming up. And, and like you said, I mean, the guardians will be here soon. So we're looking forward to baseball season being back hit or miss for a little while there, but um, can't wait to have that back. And, and yeah, as we head into that summer um, festival season, we're going to see more announcements coming out. I think Um, Cleveland international film festival also kicks off in a few weeks too. So um, for the film buffs out there, it's got a new home over at playhouse square. So Mm. um, cool thing to check out there too.
1: Awesome. Yeah. All right. How many times you get to tell that joke? that i just shared with you i know you're you know, gonna tell I, it at
3: least once i'd hate Your to husband's a for target it. isn't he <laughs> he is yeah yep. Okay, i'm gonna go right. test it out on him right now <laughs> okay I'll right. back
1: <laughs> okay all right well if you, if you need me to email you the text if you didn't get it let me know i'll i'm <laughs> yeah. happy to share
3: i want to make sure i nailed it thanks. okay all right
1: well thank you very much jen
3: <laughs> thanks guys
0: Said I was out and about the last two weeks. I'd like to give you a full update, please. and I think you can give me an update too, because if I'm not mistaken, you were also out and about.
1: Ah, uh, well, that's true. I did did venture out to a couple locations. Yes, please tell. Please, please we went to a again. Monsters game. Tell me where the heck you went, Monsters we went game. Monsters game. Yeah, we got uh, we lucked out and got really good tickets. Center ice, about nine rows up. Uh, it was fabulous. And um, the, the boys uh, saw Sully again. Uh, my youngest son oh, nice. got to bang on the drum that Sully carries around to inspire some chanting. And uh, they were all enamored with the, the jumbotron or whatever you call that giant thing in there. I know how uh, you can't. I mean, yeah. I think
0: it's enormous
1: and they you know they kept they were watching the the game on the tv and i kept saying the game's right in front of you and they were like yeah but the tv is is big and i asked my wife i said Do you think we could put that in our living room she said it's bigger than our living room i said oh, okay
0: yeah so my gosh so yeah that's i was stuff. uh i was yeah that's good yeah well How i also you? went to rocket mortgage field house i went to the uh, championship game for uh the Mac tournament, it's all Akron and Ken. There's a lot of people there. I would say there at least 4,000. It was pretty cool. Wow. Um, then we had the opportunity. Oper- oh, Jeez, it's too much. We we just we went too much. We Ubered down. How about that? When's the last Ubered time you down. took us Uber? Okay. Uber or Lyft. Last time for you. Uh never. Okay. Well, there.
1: <laughs> Next time would will be the first time. I've
0: never taken an Uber or a Lyft? I've never taken an Uber. Really? Yeah. Wow. I learned something new today. Okay, there you go. You are Uber or Lyft. Is that what you're basically saying? Well, sure. We'll go with, yeah, that's pretty much
1: for my kids. Yeah, absolutely. So we
0: went down there. We wanted to have a nice time, obviously be safe, have a couple drinks. So we went to a couple different places, went to Indy and 4th street. Uh, We started off at Forest City Brewery. And then at the, at the end of the game, we actually ended up in Barrio, which I think we've been to before you and I Mm -hmm. Um, earlier that week, I mean, be honest, it's a host of different places I've been. Uh, highlights are Buckeye Beer Engine, Sibling, a couple other places. But, Ted, here's a first. Okay. I am actually going to tell people where I'm going to go oh. tonight. Tonight, I am going to go to the Pride of Aaron. It's on Lorraine Avenue in Cleveland. It is the toast of St. Patrick's Day. Mm. So basically what they have is that you go there and then at midnight... You lift your beer and you toast St. Patrick's Day. It's the start of St. Patrick's Day. So nice. Myself and Ammon will be partaking in that this evening. So if anybody else wants to meet us out there, they're more than welcome. I think we're getting there about 10 and we're <laughs> going to rock it out to midnight and then I'll pass out. So because I got to work, you know, yeah. that, that certainly gets in the way from from being out and about. But I will say. It was nice to be out and about and see a lot of people. And I mean, a lot of people out there, all the restaurants and bars that I've been into the last two weeks, all throughout in Brunswick and Westlake and Rocky River and downtown Cleveland and all that. They are busy and it's great to see Um, because I obviously I think we're at a point where people feel comfortable and we're about as close as I've seen in the last two years to normalcy. And that's just exciting stuff. So it's awesome. Very cool. So congrats to all those people that have made it out to all the restaurants and bars. And once again, everyone be safe on St. Patrick's Day. But I've been out and about and I'll do it again.
3: Blah, 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 blah,
0: blah, blah, blah,
1: blah, blah,
2: blah, blah,
0: blah,
1: Our guest today is a former editor of Kerrang! and Planet Rock magazine and a current contributor to several music magazines and outlets. He's written books about Dave Grohl, Metallica, and motorhead frontman Lemmy. His latest biography is of arguably, and perhaps not arguably, the greatest guitarist of all time, Eddie Van Halen. The book is called Unchained. Let's talk to the author, Paul Brannigan. Paul, thanks for your time. I find it interesting. You're based in the UK. So how did you, did you, did you talk to Eddie Van Halen a few times? How did you come up with, uh, was it just research? How did you uh, put this book together?
2: Um, Well, it was a combination of, of both things. I mean, I did meet Eddie. I met him in 1998. Um, And then I'd spoken to sort of various other people around him over the years, whether that was sort of Sammy Hagar or people who, you know, grew up with him in the sort of California music scene. And um, it was a book that I'd sort of proposed to do back in like 2013. And then sort of life got in the way and it got shelved for a while. And then um, as it happened, I lost my job uh, at Planet Rock magazine during the pandemic. And that was sort of a really good incentive to go back and revisit this project. And obviously just a few months after I restarted it, um, Edward sadly passed away. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I, it's a, a project that's been a long time in the making, but I was glad they've got it completed. And it was, so it was like firsthand interviews with uh, Eddie and, you know, people around him and people who had sort of helped him on his path to success.
0: Oh, one thing about, you know, certainly Eddie Van Halen, the, the, certainly the talent is just amazing. I mean, you could talk to many different artists and many different people that were around him or heard his music, and he's considered one of the best guitarists ever. Talk about what made you put the book together about Eddie and talk about, you know, how when you put it together, kind of a biography. What's the process of going into that?
2: Well, I kind of wanted to tell, like a sort a of grand scale rock and roll story. And obviously the Van Halen story is very sort of much tied in with the American dream. You know, here was a couple of little kids who came over from Holland. Um, They were sort of had to leave their their home country, really, because of the racism that their mother faced over there. She was Indonesian. They came to California sort of in search of, you know, the dream like everyone else and sort of totally got absorbed into the culture, had their minds blown by rock and roll. And pretty much decided to export that music all over the world. So I thought it was you know it was a nice story at a time when um, immigrants don't always get the best press. Here's a story of you know two kids who added so much to the culture and sort of represented America really on the global stage.
1: I know from uh, looking through the uh, book that uh, Eddie obviously his uh, substance dependency in that battle was has been well documented. You also talk about the battle that he had with uh, David Lee Roth for, uh, I guess, musical control of the band or perhaps control in general of the band. Was there one, um, w- were those two intertwined? Was there one that was contributing more to the other? What can you say about those two uh, things that Eddie Van Halen had to, had to deal with on, uh, on a daily basis at that time?
2: Yeah, well, I think the thing with Dave is they're very different people, you know, and it was something of a marriage of convenience. Um, You know, Eddie wasn't a great sort of showman. He was quite a shy and humble guy, whereas Dave was, you know, a sort of a superstar before he was ever a superstar. That was a nickname he had when he was a teenager and he was just really waiting for the world to catch up. So there was some sort of conflict between the two of them. You know, there was sort of a chalk and cheese relationship. Uh, a certain amount of jealousy, a certain amount of ego. And obviously that gets exacerbated when people start taking substances and overindulging. Um, you know, Eddie had his first drink when he was about 10 years old. His father gave it to him to sort of cure his nerves when he was um, supporting him in, you know, in a music club, his father, Jan, was a musician himself. Um, and I guess, you know, back in those days, you know, people didn't know too much about anxiety and didn't know too much about uh, certainly performance anxiety. So the idea of just here's a shot, this will get you in the mood made perfect sense, I guess, at that time, even if he was a little kid. Um, But obviously people think they can control that sort of thing up until a point, and then suddenly you find yourself in throws to it and suddenly, you know, the substances are controlling you. And, um, I mean, there was a lot of downtime along with the sort of golden highs in in the band, and, um, yeah, I mean, when you sort of throw that together with ego, there's always going to be clashes and always going to be differences and I guess it's something of a miracle that the band lasted as long as they did
0: yeah it's funny you mentioned that to be honest with us Paul um you know you, you hear about everything with David Lee Roth and obviously everybody's familiar with you know their music with Sammy Hagar and obviously that ended at one point in time but I guess my question is you put this book together you had some time to s- sit with with Eddie and then obviously after his passing not looking to go into too much I look forward to Diving through the whole book myself, what is maybe one thing that you took out of this that you were like, "Wow, I really didn't know that," or one one big, I guess, interesting theme or anything about him that you were like, "Wow, I had no idea," and it kind of—I'm not going to say blew your mind, but was super surprising.
2: Well, I guess I think the thing that sort of struck home to me all the time was just how much of a pure musician Eddie was. You know, he wasn't a man who was uh, particularly craved the spotlight. Um, You know, he wasn't a man who particularly loved the rock and roll lifestyle. Um, And there was a sort of a purity to his musicianship that a lot of other people didn't have. And, you know, people talked about right from his teenage years, he got a guitar in his hand the whole time. He slept with a guitar, he ate with a guitar in his hand. And that was sort of, you know, his entire life. Um, Obviously, there was a lot of troubles in there. And one thing that I think was sort of quite touching is um, how he was so excited about passing on his legacy to his son, Wolfgang. obviously has his own band now uh, mammoth wvh and it's almost like you know the the saga had been complete for eddie you know he had gone through so much when he got wolfgang into the band and they kind of closed the circle with the different kind of truth album Mm -hmm. and you could see that eddie was sort of almost ready to pass the torch along Um, and wolfgang has obviously taken that baton and, and ran with it so you know it's a story about family and it's a story about love and it's a story about community. it's a story about music and the sort of the ability of music to sort of take you out of your surroundings and and you know elevate you to a higher plane and you know this is a guy who from the start he said you know i'm not good with words i let my guitar do the talking and so (laughs) you know obviously you've got a motor mouth lead singer in the band you're gonna let him do all the sort of you know the 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 limelight hogging and but all the time you know eddie was there driving the band forward and you know the music was the thing that captivated him from the start. And I think when everyone has an image of Eddie Van Halen, they think of this smiling kid standing on the stage, looking down at his fingers, almost in wonderment at the magic that's pouring forth from the guitar in his hand. And I think that's a nice image to have. You know, I sort of mentioned like he was, you know, Peter Pan, he was a kid who learned to fly, but never grew up. And so, you know, for me, that's (laughs) the abiding image. And I'm glad that, you know, as many troubles as it was in his life that he got back to sort of, peace and contentment and got to see Wolfgang again, fly on his own.
1: As you did your research for the uh, book, was there anybody who, uh, what was the reaction of, of people when you contacted them to talk to them, to interview them and get information? Was there anybody who, you know, was mo- were most of them very excited to, to participate? Was there anybody who didn't really have much to say? What, what can you say about some of the participants?
2: I mean, I guess it's a mixture, you know, I mean, I spoke to a lot of guitar players and I I spoke to Sammy Hagar, who was really sort of, um, you know, informative and instructive and had a lot of good insights. Um, Other people didn't want to get involved. You know, David Lee Roth, who spoke to his management, and they didn't want to know about it. And obviously the Van Halen uh, family, it's quite a tight ship. Um, You know, didn't have a lot of uh, outsiders involved in the organization. You know, they had guitar techs who were with the band sort of 20, 30 years who had been at school with Edward and Alex. So I understand that certain people are sort of reticent um, about getting involved, particularly when it's, you know, some stranger from overseas wanting to sort of probe, you know, the the sort of relationship they had with Eddie. But a lot of people, you know, enjoyed sort of sharing their stories, you know, and it was nice to talk to people like Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley and Scott Gorham and Joe Perry and all these sort of legendary guitar players who really had a lot of respect for Eddie and... um, you know were heartbroken obviously later you know at his passing i didn't speak to them after his passing but you could tell the respect that he was held in and you know it's just nice when you start pulling all the strands together and you start to have this sort of 3d picture of the artist away from the sort of cliches of you know the rock and roll monster and um, so that for me was a sort of refreshing part of the story seeing everybody with pretty much only good things to say about the guy.
0: Oh, I guess the, one of the last questions I have, obviously you write a story about somebody and you've had the opportunity to talk to so many artists and things like that. Um, I guess my question for you, how big of a fan were you of Van Halen and Eddie Van Halen and things like that? And is that part of the reason you wanted to put, put the book together?
2: I mean, I, I was a Van Halen fan. I sort of got introduced to the band by a, a school friend when I was about 13 or 14. Uh, and obviously the first six uh, Van Halen albums with David Lee Roth are just absolute classics. You know, I've got to admit, yeah. the Sami era wasn't quite the same for me because it was quite slick and it was quite sort of grown up. But I still liked sort of filthy rock and roll and Guns sure. and Roses around at that point to uh, sort of take up the baton at that point. But, you know, I have a huge amount of respect for Eddie. And, you know, I've been interviewing musicians for the last sort of 25 years. And one thing that's interesting is for all the musicians that Eddie influenced, there was equally sort of thousands of musicians who were so intimidated by his guitar playing that they decided to do something else. So, you know, there's a lot of musicians came through in what we call the alternative rock boom of the 1990s. And all those guys, when you speak to them from, you know, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine to Adam Jones from Tool to Paige Hamilton from Helmet, you know, they all looked at Eddie Van Halen and were like, Oh my God, there's no way I can do that. So I'm going to find my own voice. Um, And I think Eddie would have appreciated that in his own way because it was through a guitar that he found his own voice. So not everyone can be Eddie Van Halen and there'll never be another Eddie Van Halen. But I think the message to take away is, you know, there are no rules. Be yourself, find your voice. And and that's what's going to, you know, what people want to hear.
1: So you mentioned that uh, you were not able to talk to David Lee Roth or uh, really anybody in the band. You mentioned that you talked to Sammy uh, Hagar. Does only being able to talk to a hand, you know, one or maybe a handful of people who were directly involved in the band, does that make it more difficult to write this story?
2: I mean, it does, but obviously there's quite a lot of, um, you know, press that the band have done over the years. So you're able to sort of pull some of that stuff together to, to flesh out the picture. I mean, in an ideal world, absolutely. You'd be able to talk to the whole band, but I mean, sadly, there are no authorised uh, Van Halen biographies. And, you know, Eddie himself was in talk with a journalist called Stephen Rosen, who he really liked um, at one point in the mid 80s to tell his story. And that fell through. And actually, Stephen Rosen is going to put out his own book now um, in April or May uh, called Tone Chaser. Um, And that'll be an interesting read. So. Yeah, absolutely it would be you know fascinating to get the full picture the 360 picture and um, you know to see everyone's different perspectives on things that happened um, throughout the band's life but you know as a biographer you get used to sort of there being s- certain barricades and you do your best to, to pull things together with the material that's out there and other sources and you know sometimes bands uh, when they you know when they're young and wild and carefree they uh, don't mind what they're telling people, but as they get older and have wives and children and investments, they're very much a lot more guarded. Um, so I'm not sure that even if you do get to speak to everybody, you're ever going to get the whole truth anyway.
1: <laughs> well said. Well said. Uh, well, where can folks uh, find this uh, book if they're interesting if they're interested in uh, uh, reading it?
2: Well, I guess it's available from, you know, most online stores, the traditional places, Amazon and, you know, Barnes & Noble and whatever. It's also available in the Van Halen store, um, Mm. which, you know, a really well-run resource for Van Halen fans. So maybe that's the place to go. But, you know, wherever you pick it up or even if you pick it up from a library, um, I'll be happy that if people are reading these words, because, you know, the book was a long time in the making. And, um, you know, I'm kind of proud that it's out there, really. And, you know, my little bit of sort of um, keeping this the memory of that legend alive
1: all right so dave grohl metallica lemmy from motorhead and now eddie van halen who's next
2: well uh i mean i'm not going to jinx it because i haven't signed the contract just yet Uh but um i did sort of agree to do another book just last week and it's on a huge english rock band a legendary band maybe the most legendary after the beatles so i'll say no more than that because i don't want to uh, have bad luck when I say it before the deals are signed but yeah hopefully that will come together and um, that could even be out by the end of this year
1: wow okay that's awesome we'll, we'll look Very forward cool. to that and uh, we appreciate it uh, the name of the book is
2: Unchained
1: the Eddie Van Halen story and Paul Brannigan is the author with us from the UK Paul thanks so much for your time uh, uh, great read and uh, we look forward to uh,
2: hearing more about your your work Thank you very much, James. It's a pleasure to speak to you. And thank you for giving me the platform to talk about the book.
0: Ted, we have some good news. A bronze bell. What? Who? I said, okay. God, bless. I was acknowledging you. I'm not used to it. That's why I said something. (laughs) A bronze bell cast in 1834 in Paul Revere's foundry is finally back home. Yeah. The bell was taken by ox cart to churches in Ohio, including the First Presbyterian Church of Cleveland. Hmm. Then in 1984, Janine, Janine, sure. Okay. Sure. Janine, Janini, Janine Shanks received the bell after making a $1,000 donation to the First Baptist Church in Vermilion. Shanks and her husband later retired to California and took the 1,000 pound bell with them. Sheikh's mm-hmm. daughter eventually wound up with it and did some research to find out where it was forged. She has now donated it back to the Paul Revere Heritage Site in Canton, Massachusetts, just south of Boston, where Revere's son, Joseph Warren Revere made it. Wow. wow. How about that? That's really yeah. cool.
1: What are you what are you going to take across the country when you move? I'm taking my thousand pound bell. I'm
0: taking it with me. Yeah. Why not? Unbelievable. Now, have, you ever, have you ever ridden in an ox cart? I'm <laughs> pausing because I want to say yes. Really? Yeah, one point in time. Okay. Yeah, I went to one of those. Obviously, it's not medieval. What is that <laughs> called? It's another out and about. Yankee Peddler. I think the Yankee Peddler Festival at one point in time, they had ox right. carts you can get a ride in. That's that's way back right. in the day. Okay. Way back All right. Day. Excellent. Well, Ted, that was some great news. Cleveland! This is for you! Another history lesson in Cleveland sports history with our expert, which it could only be Mr. Dusty Sloan. Dusty, I have a great topic for us to talk about this week. I know this is a fan favorite of Ted's. So we move to 1961, March 21st. That is when I know he's one of your favorite people. Art Modell purchased the Cleveland Browns for the then record sum of $3,925,000.
4: A day that will live in infamy. It most certainly will, gentlemen. And the reason why it will is obviously we all know that uh, we didn't have the team for three years because of Mr. Modell. And a lot of people have their opinions on what happened and who's to blame, and all that other stuff. But certainly, Art Modell and his uh, inability to be a very good businessman certainly is at the top of that list. But yes, he did purchase the Browns in 61. He did fire Paul Brown. He did uh, win a championship in 64, but he didn't do a whole lot besides that. And I know a lot of people give him credit for the television contract and things that we have even to this day. But winning only one championship and firing. Paul Brown and moving the team. I think that kind of circumvents all of that.
1: (laughs) That's uh, that's not a resume that uh, anybody in Cleveland would aspire to have. Now, Art Modell prior to purchasing the Browns was not involved in pro sports. Really? Was he
4: not to my knowledge? I mean, he didn't like, like we say, he was a businessman first and foremost. And it, it was just amazing that as soon as he took over the team and, I think they were doing him a favor. You, you guys remember all the time when during the Bernie days and the winning and everything, and NBC would have a game and they would all we score a touchdown and they always go to show him in the owner's box. They, no, they don't do that to. Well, they do it to Jerry Jones now, but I mean, it, that that just seemed very odd to me growing up as a kid, having touchdown scored by the Browns and you're not focusing on the field, you're focusing on the the uh, owner's box.
0: Yeah, that's certainly, that's, that is a little bit different. But that, that's, you know, you got to remember who put those together. And I imagine those guys said, Hey, make sure you show us throughout the game so people remember who we are. I bet you that's how that went.
4: I'm Um, sure you had quite an ego on it.
0: Well, let's be honest, Dusty, to purchase, I don't know if there's any team now, even outside the big three, that you could purchase for $3,925,000. I, if I'm not mistaken, aren't the, I mean, the Browns are worth, I don't know. Close to what? Almost a a billion. Almost a billion now. I mean, yeah. What am I? You got to think about as a business person. You you buy a team for three million, and I can't even remember what he sold it for. You know, obviously when he moved it and all that kind of stuff. But obviously he got a chunk of change from that.
4: He sure did. And I'll tell you, even the USFL, Fox buys that for 150 million. So you can't even get that for three, four million anymore. So the times have changed.
0: You can't even get an announcer for that amount of money. Look what Troy (laughs) Aikman and Joe Buck just signed their contracts for. That's unbelievable. It's crazy. Wow. Well, uh, Mr. Modell, uh, there's a lot of debate.
1: Should he be in the Hall of Fame? And I know to this point that has not happened. you have any thought on that, Dusty?
4: Oh, I do, but we want to keep this family friendly. So uh, (laughs) my, my, my answer to that question is no.
0: Right. I think there's many others in the same boat as you. Um, certainly some old Cleveland writers and all that, that feel the same way and have not voted for him. He's, he's been up a couple times. Is he not? I believe at this point in time, he's had his last opportunity. Has he not? I, yeah, I, think, he's I don't not know been, if he could be on the
4: ballot anymore. Yeah. He's not been part of the finalist list for uh, the hall of fame for a while. So whatever veterans mechanism they have, he's going to have to go through that route.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, Dusty, A little history on uh, arguably the most hated owner in in Cleveland sports history. I don't know. Uh, I think Ted Stepian gives him a run for his money, but. I would agree. uh, Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Dusty. Thanks, guys.
5: Cleveland! This is for you! The most trusted name in journalism, Klops Clips.
1: Ken, are you ready? Here we go with the news you need. The oil can that the Tin Man used in the Wizard of Oz is going up for auction next week. It's said to be the only original item from the character's costume, and Cruise GWS Auctions expects the oil can to bring in at least $200,000. Two hundred wow. dollars Huh. Also, in this auction, a pair of sunglasses worn by Elvis. They're black with 14 karat gold lightning bolt accents, and his initials, EP, in white gold on the bridge. The Aviators should go for about 25 grand. Wow. Will you be purchasing or bidding on either of those items?
0: Hmm. I'm going to think about it. Okay. Not sure. I don't know okay. how. Are you into The Wizard of Oz? Is that your gig? I'm not that into The Wizard of Oz. I mean, I like yeah, the movie, but I don't wild. need the oil can.
1: I can get an oil can for a lot less down the street. Oil can boyd. Yeah. Sure. A plant-based pet food company offering pet owners 6 grand to test their product for 2 months. Part of the test requires the owners to monitor their pets' bowel movements and stool color. Oh boy. No. 6 grand to smell no. dog poop for 2 months. No, no. You need nope. you need 6 grand that bad. Wow. UK-based uh, Omni Pet Food will also give dogs who make the change to the plant-based diet for the two months a supply of dog toys and vegan treats. Wow! I'm,
0: How bad do I'm you good. want six grand? I have a dog and I love her to death, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not doing. Going to that. smell that's, the dog's poop? That's. I'm not going much.
1: Very right. good. A box full of human heads stolen from a truck in Colorado. Let me say that one more time, in case you think you misheard me. A box full of human heads was stolen from a truck in Colorado. The heads were being moved and used for medical research. Apparently they were in a box labeled exempt human specimen. The investigation into who took the heads continues. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Somebody hit his head,
1: I guess. Maybe wanted to get him. I don't know. A man trying to cross the Mexico-U.S. border into the United States recently was pulled aside for additional inspection. That's when agents found nine snakes and 43 horned lizards tied in small bags and hidden in the guy's jacket, pants pocket, and groin area. Oh, my goodness. A 30-year-old carrying the animal's. Some of which are endangered. The guy was arrested. Apparently, he's endangered now, too.
0: Yeah, he's about done. Yeah. I hope his groin was bit.
1: (laughs) Don't Don't put the horned frogs down there and make sure the the snakes aren't hungry, I guess. That's sad. Is that a a snake? Never mind. Uh, A Florida man. Is
0: that what you're looking for? Is that the name of the snake? Trouser snake? Is that what you're saying?
1: A Florida man was crushed. Death by a bulldozer, while using a porta potty. The accident. Now, let oh, me wow. just pause here. You know, normally death isn't not, not really a funny subject, but uh, you know, this is this is kind of different. The accident certainly... in Orlando happened when a bulldozer operator started up an embankment with its front blade f- up far enough to block part of its front view. As the dozer reached level ground, the driver turned and heard a loud crunch. Oh, that's when he discovered oh. he had driven over the porta potty that he hadn't seen. Forty-year-old Aaron Henderson
0: died on the scene. Oh my lord. That's not the way you want to go. Let's be honest. <laughs> the poor guy trying to do a job and literally gets run over. I, if I had a choice of if how I can go, it wouldn't be that way. Wouldn't be uh, running no. over. Okay, I will cross no. that. Don't run
1: over Ken with a full no. body when he's ready to go. Well, that's going right. to be a couple of lawsuits there, don't you think? Yeah, probably. A 49-year-old Iranian man is recovering after he apparently <clears throat> he, uh, well, he apparently shoved a double A battery up his male member. Come on. He showed up at the emergency room 24 hours later looking for help. Doctors were able to remove the battery, but the man noted pain and problems going to the bathroom during a follow-up visit. Imagine that. Doctors identified scar tissue caused by the toxic chemicals in the battery as the likely cause. Surgery to remove the tissue, took care of the problem. He says he's okay. No word on what motivated the uh, phallic fiasco.
0: Did he lose a fantasy football bet? Is that what that was? I don't know. What? I mean, how descriptive. I mean, that's yeah. a double A double-A battery. Double A battery. In his male member. Yeah. Because triple A wow. is just not big enough, apparently. No, I guess that is just odd behavior. <laughs> I, I, I Obviously, there's got to be a reason for that. I would say drinking. I <laughs> Well, drinking heavily. One thing I know is
1: that is not going to be a story used in conjunction with the energizer bunny. Oh,
0: no. They're not going to do commercial. That one that? would
1: not keep going and going and going and going. <laughs> Nor will this week's collection of clops clips. <laughs> Time for another history lesson involving our uh, fine city of Cleveland. And to give that lesson, our Cleveland historian, John Grabowski, is back with us. And today's topic is the Higby building, which now houses the uh, relatively new Jack Casino. But, uh, John, this Higby building is steeped in history. And was it originally built as the home of the department store, or did it have another job before then?
5: Well, it was actually built as part of the Cleveland Union Terminal Plan. And the story is that Van swearingens, who had built that, uh, basically inveigled the Higby Company, which was then uh, really out on East 13th Street in Euclid, right across from its main competitor, Halley's, to come back to the west part of Cleveland and set up shop in that building. Uh, that's, it's really interesting because Howard and Higby, the, the origin company, starts in 1860. And it starts on Superior around West 3rd Street. So it's actually sort of bouncing back and forth down the street. Uh, but it's it's a prime location. And one of the reasons the vans wanted a department store down there is their Shaker Rapid line went to Shaker Heights, which was the toniest suburb in Cleveland. And so all somebody had to do to get to to go shopping was get on the shaker rapid and went right into union terminal and the union terminal connected directly to the higby building so it was you know a sort of one-stop shopping if if you will um and you know that's the building that that's really iconic not only in in terms of its structure but in terms of its interior uh, but also it's this uh, you know it's the christmas story movie as well that that comes out of this so it has a A deep part of uh, the, I think, the nostalgia of 1950s and 1940s Cleveland. Uh, But when, you know, when Higby's comes out into this building, you know, this is the early 20th century is is the rise of the modern department store. I mean, there were earlier ones in New York, but this is what you see in a department store. It is a store with departments to sell a number of goods. So you no longer need to go to men's clothier or women's clothier or some other, you can find it all in one place, that's that's the issue. Uh, and probably the most fondly remembered part of the Higby building is the Silver Grill, which was up on the 10th floor. Now that's still there and it's periodically open over time. Uh, some of the furniture from the Silver Grill is as part of the collection of the Western Reserve Historical Society. So. You know, and this gets into a deeper story of department stores in Cleveland. You know, the toniest ones were probably Halley's and Higby's. Uh, and, you know, May Company was a little bit of downscale, you know, and, and there were Bailey's, which is a little further downscale. And if you wanted to really ch- shop cheaply, you went to the basement sales at May Company. I mean, so all of these had their clientele, but, you know, all of them in the Christmas season in particular uh, decorated their windows. And so that's the nostalgia memory. The, the, you know, the irony for this now is that it is a casino. You know, Higby's was, you know, in part bought by Dillard's uh, and also DiBartolo was there. And um, they actually was sold to Dillard's in 1987. And by this time, Higby's had moved out to the suburbs. Uh, there were six suburban stores and eventually that grew to 14 stores in Northeastern Ohio. And the whole system was rebranded as Dillard's in 1992. And the, whole, and the main store closed in 2002, and that was a real hit to downtown. Yep. The main company as well. Uh, and it becomes a casino, Horseshoe Casino in 2012, which gets rebranded as the Jack Casino. And I always say this when I talk about Cleveland's Public Square, which is our symbol of a New England city. Uh, New Englanders were very, very uh, askance about gambling. And so the irony is that we have a a sort of a New England style public square with a church on one side and a casino on the other. And I think that would have some of the founders of Cleveland rolling over in their graves right now.
0: I would agree with that. John, it's so funny you mentioned about the Christmas story because the Higbee building, I didn't spend a lot of time there. I was there at one point in time. But when you watch that story, you can see, you know, obviously, even with the Jack Casino now, you can see the, the, you know, certainly the all the different layouts and things like that. To your knowledge, John, I'm not sure if you're going to know this when they were converting everything to the Jack casino, were they trying to keep things kind of similar to what they did with the Higby building or the design they came up with, they said, well, this is the best we can do and All that.
5: What, what, what do you know? I'm not certain, but I, th- I think there's a lot of the ambiance of the old building that is still there. You know, and the fact that the grill, I think still is available for rental uh, sort of indicates that, I mean, if you, if you own a big part of local nostalgia, that still has marketability, I don't think you do away with it and and it is of course a landmark structure in its own right as well you know my wow. my my story about the Higby building was oh when i was young i found that i think it was on one of the floors there was a direct access to cleveland union terminal so you you could walk into the terminal and what i and a good friend would do is we'd walk into the terminal we'd get on the staircase and walk up to the observation deck wow but we couldn't get in because the deck the deck door was alarmed but yeah, it's so it's all part of this Van Swearingen empire, which is just unbelievable. hmm mm-hmm, Sure. Well, I I I know my one of my
1: two of my biggest memories of the Higby Building are walking in on that first floor where all the cosmetics counters were, and that ceiling just seemed like it was in the sky. Yeah. It was just giant, giant, huge. Yeah. And then. I was always fascinated by the escalators, the wooden escalators with the, as opposed to the small uh, metal teeth, the wooden escalators had much wider, uh, big teeth. I guess I don't know if that's what you call them, but uh, um, as they would slide together, they. I mean, a, a small child I think would get lost in there in those uh, in those escalators. Sometimes they were they were uh, quite unique to downtown.
5: Yeah, sure. uh, yeah, you you yeah, and there at one time elevators were served by elevator operators too so
1: mm-hmm. yeah i i i know uh, sometimes you get in an elevator and there'll be a lot of people and you'll say oh there you know third floor men's men's furnishings men's clothes things like that yeah. and uh, young people now have they look at you like well if they, if they look up from their cell phones they have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about <laughs> but uh well good Bye. stuff john thanks for uh Enlightening us with uh, additional knowledge on uh, one of the iconic buildings in downtown Cleveland, the Higby Building. We appreciate it.
5: My pleasure.
0: Ted, overachiever segment. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. A seven-year-old from India, yeah, has a broke has broken a Guinness World Record. Unbelievable. By identifying 60 DC Comics characters from photos in one minute. Huh. Wow. One That's character. A second. Yeah, it's impressive. The previous high watermark was 52. I would in a minute. OK, congratulations. Seven years old. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. impressive. I mean, I, I want to hear know. him do it. That would just Iron
1: Man, Superman. Yeah, Batman. Well, I didn't know there were 60 DC comic
0: characters, I know to be either. honest with you. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Well, we oh.
1: have another one. This, this oh. segment is just getting bigger and bigger. There's a mountain climber from Seattle who also owns a new world record. This one is for hosting the world's highest tea party. Oh. Andrew Hughes and his team had the hot beverages and some Girl Scout cookies at 21,312 feet above sea level. At the summit of Mount Everest. Huh. Wouldn't
0: it be tough to breathe? So it Seems like a long way to go just for a little tea party. You have to wear like a special oxygen mask. I don't know. I don't know. Then I don't even know how you eat the cookies. I I probably would need an oxygen mask. (laughs) And then your tea would be cold, would it not? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. It's impressive.
1: Well, so... uh, Uh, Identifying DC Comics characters and having a high tea party. Just some overachievers.
0: Oh, no. Not a dad joke. What's green and sits outside? Oh, this will be a St. Patrick's Day thing. Green and sits outside. I'm not sure. Patio furniture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh.
3: That joke was horrible.
1: Coming to the end of uh, episode 84 and lots of St. Patrick's day stuff coming up here in the city of Cleveland. I don't know how, I don't know how this is going to go with this parade this year. This could be one of the biggest parades of all time because people have missed it for a couple of years.
0: Great weather. And they basically have been pent up for two years for this day yeah i i'll be honest with you it could get aggressive not violent aggressive but aggressive meaning that's going to be a lot of aggressive drinking that's what i think is going to happen so will you have
1: will you be doing some aggressive drinking
0: no i have to be a good salesperson for the company i work for Mm. and then obviously i have to take care of my young children that night on saint patrick's day but we'll probably do something cool um, but no, I, as I mentioned tonight, I'm going to go to the Pride of Aaron and do the toast of St. Patrick's Day on Lorraine Avenue. So that'll be the closest I get. How about you? You got anything? Will you will you do anything? You just, you know, while you're working throughout the day, you'll take a quick shot of Jameson or something. You got anything like that? You know what I'm going to do. I do the same thing every year. Work. I wear green underwear. Oh, <laughs> that's just a rotation. It's not like it anything yes. special. For St. Uh, Patrick's once a year. year. Yep. That's always I the guy. I have some joke. green socks that yeah. I have too. Yep. You're not wearing any green. Well, it's not green that you. Yeah. Can see. Yeah. You, you can't know, that's see it. A famous joke. Yep. Yep. Famous. That's famous
1: it. Joke. On that note, uh, I will just uh, ask you: Do you know what ghosts
0: drink on St. Patrick's Day? Ghosts on St. Patrick's Day. No. Booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Ted, with that. Once again, everyone be safe for St. Patrick's Day. Enjoy yourselves. And thanks to all the guests that we had this past week as well, uh, a host of folks. But, and thank you for being a part of it. And uh, once again, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Ted, just a reminder, we're just two middle-aged men in Cleveland.
5: Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Westminster AV. Custom audio-visual packages for all occasions.
1: You know what you call an Irish spider? No. Patty long legs.